Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of Nothing About You Says Computer Technology, a podcast about cybersecurity and data privacy viewed through the lens of diverse voices. Today we'll be talking about cybersecurity in the news. We also have another session of blind spotting, along with some protect your neck news. Then we'll talk about privacy issues related to the ongoing protest. And finally, we'll be handing out a cybersecurity award. I'm your host, Anthony, a cybersecurity, data privacy, and regulatory attorney based in Oklahoma City. While I am a lawyer, I am not your lawyer, and this podcast should not be considered legal advice. Instead, think of this as a conversation between two friends. But if you need legal advice, please, please, please find a local attorney that can help you. So let's turn our attention to some news stories. Our first story comes from Bleeping Computer, Canadian retailer, Fitness Depot, the largest specialty exercise equipment retailer in Canada, has sent a breach notification letter to customers who were impacted by a breach that the company suffered last month. The hackers accessed customers' names, addresses, email addresses, telephone numbers, and credit card numbers. So why are we talking about this breach? Because of who Fitness Depot is blaming for this breach. Their internet service provider. Fitness Depot told customers that based on our preliminary findings, it appears our internet service provider neglected to activate the antivirus software on our account. This is a pretty interesting approach to a breach notification letter. While ISPs certainly have a role in cybersecurity, I haven't seen a breach response letter that targets their ISP. Our next story comes from the United Kingdom. Jeremy Fleming, the head of the UK's government communications headquarters, has said that hackers have been targeting the country's healthcare system since the start of the coronavirus outbreak. According to Engadget, the hackers have attempted to access sensitive information related to the UK's coronavirus response and its efforts to create a vaccine. Our third story comes from Cyware. The hacking group NetWalker has been targeting colleges in the United States and threatening to release confidential information if the ransom demands are not met. NetWalker was involved with recent breaches at Michigan State University, Columbia College of Chicago, and the University of California, San Francisco. So why are we talking about this breach? Because when there are common victims, it points to a common vulnerability that should be addressed. And I hope universities are paying attention. Our final story is about the hacktivism associated with the protests following the death of George Floyd and Breonna Taylor. City of Austin's website went down on June 4th, and the group Anonymous took credit for it. Anonymous is also taking credit for taking down websites for Minnesota Bank and Trust and United Minnesota Bank. The Minneapolis Police Department's website was also temporarily taken down by a distributed denial-of-service attack. Along with denial-of-service attacks, a page on the United Nations Agency website was turned into a memorial for George Floyd, replacing the webpage content with the message, Rest in Power, George Floyd. Along with these efforts by Anonymous, Variety reported on how K-pop fans took over the Twitter hashtag White Lives Matter to drown out racist posts. These K-pop fans drowned out white supremacist messages with nonsensical or anti-racist posts. 
we have another session of blind spotting where we talk about blind spots in our technology policy. Last week, 150 black tech leaders, founders, and investors signed on to a pledge to address racial injustice in Silicon Valley. The effort is called Black Tech for Black Lives. This group pulled together a set of specific actionable commitments intended to support frontline workers working to create a more just world. The group asked for anyone joining its efforts to commit to one or more of its five goals. These five goals include working towards the swift prosecution of the individuals who killed George Floyd, Ahmaud Arbery, Breonna Taylor, and Tony McDade by supporting groups like the Center for Policing Equity and Color of Change. Their second goal, supporting police reform and accountability through signal boosting, volunteering, and donating to organizations. Third, applying pressure to Bay Area police chiefs and police union leaders. Fourth, pledging to hire and fund black employees and founders, and also making a real commitment to promote, mentor, and sponsor them. And fifth, helping to elect local leaders with a proven record of advocating for racial and social justice. We also have some protect your neck news. During this segment, we talk about current scams you should be aware of and other vulnerabilities that you need to address. Think of this as Patch Tuesday and a cybersecurity incident report rolled all into one. Our first piece of protect your neck news comes from InfoSecurity Magazine. Avast, a digital security and privacy company, has issued warnings about three VPN apps available on Apple's App Store, which Avast claims are fleecewares. Fleecewares are apps that are not malicious, but do not provide the services they claim to. According to the investigation by Avast, Beetle VPN, Buckler VPN, and Hat VPN Pro claim to be VPNs and charge $9.99 a week for a weekly subscription once their free three-day trial period expires. However, after downloading, installing, and paying for these servers, Avast was unable to establish a VPN connection. Our next piece of Protect Your Neck news comes from Dark Reading. Almost four months ago, Microsoft patched a serious vulnerability in the Microsoft Exchange servers. However, more than 350,000 internet-connected servers continue to be vulnerable to the privilege escalation flaw, according to a report from threat protection firm Rapid7. If a company fails to patch this vulnerability, attackers only have to find or fish a single valid credential to completely compromise a company's email system. So please, please, please patch your system. Or as the Wu-Tang Clan says, Watch your step, kid, and protect your neck. Our main topic today is a discussion of the privacy issues related to the ongoing protests of police violence against black people. One of the catalysts of this protest was the video of a police officer killing George Floyd. However, video and facial recognition software could be used to end anonymous protesting. According to CNET, U.S. Senator Edward Markey of Massachusetts has raised concerns that police and law enforcement agencies have access to facial recognition app Clearway View AI 
in cities where people are protesting the killing of George Floyd and Breonna Taylor. Clearview AI identifies people by comparing photos to a database of images scraped from social media and other websites. So why are we talking about the use of facial recognition software on protesters? Because the threat of surveillance could deter people from speaking out and protesting for fear that they will be permanently included in law enforcement databases. Also, there is a risk that facial recognition software could misidentify people. As we've discussed in previous blind spotting segments, facial recognition software has been trained to identify white male faces and has a harder time identifying the faces of people of color and women. Technology should make our fight for equality easier, not harder. And this is a story that we'll be following up closely. Our final segment today is our cybersecurity awards. This week, I have one award I want to hand out, and it's the Bad Boy Records We Invented the Remix Award. All my friends of 90s and early 2000s hip-hop and R&B knows that Puff Daddy and Bad Boy Records made some of the best remixes to songs. But what made their remixes so special is that they didn't just change one or two elements of a song, but made the song into a new experience. This award goes to the protesters and organizers that are using Google Docs as a tool for resistance. Google Docs is a free word processor introduced by Google in 2006. Google Docs allows multiple people to share and edit a document at one time. A recent article from MIT Technology Review has chronicled how during these recent protests of police brutality, shared Google Docs that anyone can view and edit anonymously have been a valuable tool for grassroots organizing. While helping to organize protests may not have been the original purpose of Google Docs, it's a great remix of that software. Thank you so much for joining us today on Nothing About You Says Computer Technology. Please subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes, Stitcher, and Spotify. I'm your host, Anthony, and I'll see you guys next week.